Welcome in. It is the third hour of the Bill Michael Show on this Friday. Fun Friday. I'm excited. It's kind of a blah day. That's okay. It's okay. We're having a good time. We're just kind of uh, spitballing at a lot of different stuff. And I got a nice note here from Ken. Ken, uh, Ken, by the way, uh, lives in Onalaska and said, looking forward to seeing you make the appearance at Flipside. Will you be heading over to Buzzard Billy's or the Starlight Lounge prior to? Uh, I will be there. I, I guarantee I'm probably going to be over there on Tuesday night at some point. Uh, I'm not going to be there on Wednesday. Wednesday, we've got the show and then um, uh, the show, and then I'm heading over to do the huddle at Flipside, and then I got to get back into Milwaukee. But uh, but I'm probably going to be there on Tuesday. So looking for, and I look forward to it. I I love that place, and the upstairs is always awesome. Starlight Lounge is so so freaking cool. So. Uh, but I got a couple of meetings uh, that I'm going to try to take care of while I'm in lacrosse. But, yeah, I'm probably going to swing by Buzzard Billy's absolutely. And when you're out in that direction, Pearl Street, Lacrosse, Wisconsin, uh, right there in the old 1860s Brick Hotel, stop in and uh, tell them we said hi. But I, who knows? I might see you there on Tuesday night because I think I'm going to grab something to eat there. And uh, the Starlight Lounge, and I may, may head over to uh, the Briar Patch. I always like to stop in and get a cigar, and uh, every now and then I go to Dale's. Dale's always has some really cool T-shirts, some Wisconsin-esque T-shirts. Did you ever shop at Dale's when you were out uh, living up there? I've been to Dale's. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 I always get some good Oktoberfesting gear there, some T-shirts or a new hat, something like that. Yeah. I'm not wearing the fedora, the German fedora that I bought out at uh, the Oktoberfest last year. Not bringing that with me. I own what? one of those green German hats with a feather that sticks out yes, of it. That's and, exactly what I have. And I can, Bill, I can literally only wear it once a year at Oktoberfest. Yeah. It sits on a shelf in my closet for one weekend mm-hmm. a year. It's the only thing I yep. have it for. Yep. Uh, that's, I got the exact same hat. Uh, and I love it. I, I, and I don't look bad in it. That's the best part about it. Because uh, last night I was down at Stenny's and uh, they have these new hats. Everybody's going to the leather logos on hats. And Stenny's has a really cool new hat where they've got the cutout of the state of Wisconsin. And across it, it says Stenny's with a little star where the, the Milwaukee location is. And uh, I said, man, I got to get me one of those. And he said, well, all we, we have right now are flat brims. He said, here, try this on. I don't look good in a flat brim hat. Because the flat brim, you have to, first of all, it has to be big. You can't wear a tight flat brim hat. It doesn't work that way. So it has to be loose on your head. I got a big head anyway. It's just I look better in, in the curled trucker-esque country hat than I do in the flat-brim, cool, you know, motorcycle hat. So, but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the green felt hat with the feather fedora type of thing, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. But I'll do some shopping at Dale's, too. I always like picking a couple things up while I'm out there. Shop local. I, at least I try to. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 1670 you want to hit us up feel free go ahead and do so always uh always glad to to uh you know chat up whatever it happens to be that uh, the topic of the du jour is that we are kicking around uh so go ahead and give us a shout we'd love to hear from you um so we were talking about the trades the possibility of trades there's the, the judy trade read that again because I, I i started thinking about that during the break are they romeo dobbs and a second round pick for jerry judy yeah did i i there's no way. I just, the math is not mathing on that, no. as they say. The Bears last year gave up a pick 
uh, a second round pick for Claypool. And everybody immediately is like, that's an awful trade. So what Bill Barnwell is suggesting is the Packers give up a similar pick, a second round pick that'll be near the top of the second round, the way the Packers are playing. And one of their more promising young cost controlled wide receivers yeah. for Jerry Judy, who's going to need to get paid before too long and hasn't proven anything. Yeah, I I wouldn't do that. I, I certainly not. You're gonna you're not gonna give up a starter to pick up Jerry Judy, and you know they say well yeah, uh, somebody said it was George said I think uh, Jerry Judy could be a top ten. I see, but it, it, he gets banged up, and apparently uh, now you're gonna hear here in just a second does not take criticism very well, and it's kind of I guess known throughout the league. And I, I don't know that he's that much of a leader because what, what, the only reason I'm trading for a veteran wide receiver is somebody that's going to come in and show all the other guys as to whether or not they're doing it right in the National Football League. That's the only reason I would be doing that. If the Packers were trading for Judy, it's because they like his potential. Right. Right. But they have potential. They have a lot of young right. guys that they obviously believe in. So if you're adding another wide receiver, you'd want to add one that brings something new, maybe right. leadership, uh, energy, organize it, whatever. Judy's shown none of that in his time in the NFL. It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't kind of pick that. I, I don't know if I'd do that. Steve Smith, by the way, um, talked a little bit, about Jerry Judy on the NFL Network last night, and this is what he had to say about Jerry Judy. Take a listen to this. For a short while ago, yeah. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was walking by, and Steve called out to him, I and he got a different reaction. I called out to him because uh, on my podcast, Cut To It, I just talked about guys that maybe have not um, showed up in a way or in a manner. And so the word that I've used uh, to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. Just a guy. And so when I saw him, he's playing well. I wanted to say to him face-to-face, -face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. His response, Mike Rob and Bucky, you can was you can ninja. Ninja? Yes, I'm using the word ninja. That's, I'm just using the word ninja. I don't mess with you. And it was, a, it was a curse word. And so I was like, all right, and then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you use a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and asking, should they trade for you? I will say, no, don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically, can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Go back into the studio. I'm done now. Thank you. Damn. Damn. That is tearing your ass up. It's like, look, all I wanted to do was apologize for what I said about you, and he doesn't want to deal with it. He can't handle criticism. Damn. You know what I loved about this? I was talking with a buddy last night. Steve Smith is so matter of fact. Like you right. see a lot of these guys on television, they'll go on these long rants, they'll get fired up and they'll get back. No, he's standing there in a suit, like a news reporter with a mic, just very calmly just ripping ripping into right? it. Right? <laughs> just like I'm just telling you, this guy's he's weak, basically.
That made me he's love weak Steve minded. Smith. Right? He's weak minded. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. I'll I'll go, I'll go with that. Hey, yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, like I said, is Jerry Judy a leader, and is he capable of taking the rest of this wide receiving core and making them better? And that would be my my takeaway. Uh, if he could de- if he could make them better, that's great, uh, and kind of be that leader. But if he's that, then maybe not. But I, I love the fact that Steve Smith just tore him up. He's a tier three. Back to the studio. <laughs> okay. He's a tier three. We should just drop that on anybody that isn't that good. You know? Just keep that. Just He's a tier three. Back to the studio. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, man. Blowing him up. Blowing him up. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free and do so. This was from Jack, who says, uh, if uh, the Vikings get rid of Daniel Hunter, he's been a longtime cornerstone of that defense. That indeed would signify the beginning of the end and the rebuild thus is underway. Would everybody then be blown out? I don't know about everybody. You can't blow everybody out, but anybody veteran of money, you would certainly think about, you know, getting rid of. And again, I go back to the fact that if if I'm a guy like Justin Jefferson, considered one of the best in the league, and you get rid of Kirk Cousins, you get rid of Daniel Hunter, you are certainly signifying that you're going to go through some type of rebuild. You're getting paid because guys say all the time, well, then why do I want to be here? Well, because you're getting a paycheck. You're getting paid a lot of money. The argument in today's day and age is I can get paid a lot of money on a contender. I don't need to be here. So get me out of here. I want to go to a contender. The players have a certain level of power now, and the NBA is the prime example of that. I don't want to see the NFL become the NBA where guys are going to dictate. I mean, it's bad enough that Aaron Rodgers comes out of the darkness and says, I'm going to the Jets, you know, and then suddenly he has to be the Jets. Uh, it worked out for Green Bay. It worked out for the Jets, so to speak, as far as the trade goes. Now, everything that's happened since then has not necessarily been what everybody had hoped for. But I don't think you want that. But if I'm Justin Jefferson, why do I want to stay there and toil away for a team that we know is not going to win? That's probably where David Bakhtiari is at mentally when it comes to, I'm sure he wants to play. He has a lot of pride. He wants to go out and do a good job. But I don't think he ever wanted to play for a team that was going through, quote, in his mind, the rebuild, and they weren't really going to compete for anything because he's all he's ever talked about is winning a championship. Same thing with Devontae Adams. It's just ironic that Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders, and the Raiders just are the Raiders, and they suck so incredibly bad. But I don't think any player wants to sit and, unless you're growing together. If you're all growing together, that's one thing. But I can't imagine Justin Jefferson wanting to stay. Well, and what's funny is Jefferson saw Stephon Diggs already go through this, go on to greener pastures, and then be awesome and win at the highest level. So Justin Jefferson's like, well, why why shouldn't I do what Diggs did before me? You know what I mean? That makes this situation very interesting, too. And Stephon Diggs, did you see his meltdown on the sideline last weekend? He wears his emotions on his sleeve. That's for sure. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And sometimes... You know, guys go, well, that's his competitive spirit, and that's good. But other times, that can wear you out, man. That I And I've known that. I've, I've, I mean, I've talked to players when 
you say, hey, what's up with such and such? And they'll be like, oh, he's competitive. That's great. You know, and then the third or fourth time he does, it, it's like, oh, God, he's just wearing us out. It's just exhausting. Always kind of make sure that he's OK. You know, it's, it's like you become the pretentious crybaby that every time you don't get the ball or get your way that you're going to throw these fits. It's not because you're losing and you want to do better. It's because you're not getting what you want when it's supposed to be the ultimate team game. And guys will say after a while, that just wears on you. It just does. The first outburst being competitive, that's great. Second one, okay. Third one, fourth one, fifth one, it's like, oh, just just shut up. We're all trying. We all know. We all get it. You know, you don't have to tell us twice. We're all grown-ass men. We're all adults. Just shut up. You know, stop it. So now if it's one thing where you're fighting with another team, an opponent, and you're 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 working your ass off to get the best of them, okay, so be it. We got your back. But when you're just throwing fits on the sideline all the time, it it wears on you. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll, we'll pick up where we left off. we got a lot to get to, so stay tuned. whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it. Good to have you back. Uh, hey, our friends at the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, the ICHC. Got a lot of good music coming their way and your way as well if you take advantage of it. It's And it's not an expensive ticket. That's the best part about it. And if you're coming into Milwaukee or you live in the Milwaukee area, uh, either way, uh, go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net. ICHC.net. And uh, as I've been telling you, um, that the uh, night before St. Patrick's Day, they're going to have a really good band called Cynthian that's coming to town. And uh, that's a party. Ooh, that's a party. Uh, you've got uh, this weekend, you've got John Doyle, who's going to be playing some music down there uh, coming up uh, this weekend. Levent du Nord uh, coming up on Friday, October 20th. The Tartan Terrors on the 21st. The Irish Cultural and Heritage Center of Wisconsin has information on that. Cassie and Maggie, they're coming back. Uh, in Irish Halloween, where they tell Irish folklore ghost stories. 
So if you got kids and you want to go over there on October 31st, uh, that would be something to do. So they've got that going on. And a whole bunch of other events, a whole bunch of stuff happening down at the ICHC. And I, I recommend you going to their website and you look at it. It's just so cool. It's such a beautiful, eclectic old place. And uh, I'm excited. they got Ashley Davis Band coming back. Uh, the High 48s are going to be in town. Uh, Reverie Road, which is really good. A fresh, uh, eclectic, Celtic combination. And uh, they're really good. The Drowsy Lads are awesome. Coming in February. And uh, then when you get towards March and you get into uh, Cynthian. Oh, so good. So good. Cynthian is going to be there on March 16th. That is a Saturday night. And it's the Washington, D.C.-based band. Uh, they started 12 years ago. It's a bunch of college dudes. Uh, a couple of them are brothers. Uh, they played Celtic music in the streets, uh, especially uh, especially, uh, especially down in the Cajun area. Down, It's kind of an, a bluegrass, American, uh, Cajun type of music. It's awesome. They're awesome, and they're going to be there night before thanks, or night before uh, St. Patrick's Day. So a lot of good stuff. Just go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net, and get your tickets now. A lot of good stuff coming up. So I wanted to get to this because I don't ignore this stuff. So Paula Manasher writes, what happened, Bill? As if I can almost hear him say, what happened, Bill? You, you, know, you think you're so smart. Before the season, I was telling you the offensive line was a big problem, and you told the state, no, it's solid. And then he says, even when uh, you were relying on David Bakhtiari, you knew he was a question mark. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, that was before the center was running around like a chicken with his head cut off, not blocking anybody, Rashid getting exposed at left tackle. Okay, when I said it was solid with Bakhtiari, who said he was healthy, said he was good, don't worry about me, Elton Jenkins back from the knee injury, and now a full year and a full offseason to get ready. He was good. And Josh Myers at center. There were some question marks there, but, you know, most of the time you're he's been there, done that. John Runyon at guard. Your only question mark was going to be whether it was going to be Josh Nyman or Zach Tom. That was it. And it was solid. Based on that right there, that is a solid offensive line. They're going to be fine. And you don't rely too heavily on the backups. Now, that was before, and even, hey, go back to game one. They were solid. You had Bakhtiari played extremely well. Uh, Cullen, or, uh, Cullen Jenkins, uh, Elton Jenkins was really solid. That whole offensive line played well. They ran the ball well. They passed the ball well. Everything was fine. No pass rush on Jordan Love. He looked really good. Everything was fine. And then Bakhtiari began melting down, and then Josh Myers next to Runyon. Runyon gets the ankle stepped on. Elton Jenkins twist the MCL, not the ACL, the MCL, and the line began to break down in that sense. So go back to healthy. Hell yeah, it was good. Game one, when they were all healthy and together, they kicked ass. Absolutely it was good. So don't go, oh, what, you told the state, Bill? Yeah, I told the state. I'm not worried about it. And even the depth, I thought, you know, you could sustain one injury, maybe two, but you, you've got three at this point. That have, it, Runyon's been banged up with the, uh, with the bad ankle. Bakhtiari's now gone. I never thought Rasheed Walker would be the guy, to be perfectly honest with you, but I also didn't didn't foresee that Yash Nyman would regress into some kind of a wussification state where he can't take criticism and he goes into a shell and they got to start putting him on special teams just to build his confidence back up so he does something. 
I don't, I don't know why all of a sudden that happened, but whatever happened, happened. I didn't see that coming. But to say that you knew better, well, then why didn't you tell me that that first game was going to be a great game only to see it all melt away after that? Sometimes things happen. It's the game of fluidity. But I'm, look, and then he says, well, then you have the nerve to blame it on Love? Yeah, there's a lot of things that Jordan Love has not done right. And just like Andy Herman said just a little while ago, yes, he regressed. He has regressed. The offense as a whole has regressed. But Jordan Love, who started out on fire, throwing balls into windows that had not opened yet, and being anticipatory and playing that game and looking good doing it, has now suddenly regressed game after game after game after game. He's got poise. He's got moxie. But if you look at his numbers, 50% or below completion percentage sucks. So don't sit there and tell me that it's all the offensive line. Okay, when you're not delivering the football into the proper space in the proper area. Yeah, there's been some routes that have been run wrong. There's been some guys that have dropped the ball. I understand that. But even the even the one of the worst quarterbacks in the league gets better than a 50 percent completion percentage. Come on. So don't come at me and tell me it's all, you know, all the offensive line. You're an idiot if you think it's all, all the offensive line. Are they a part of it? Absolutely. I think everything starts up front. But some of the bad reads, some of the things that we've seen, some of the overthrows that have been absolutely terrible, the underthrows that have been awful, where we're talking about court, where we're talking about wide receivers having to just knock the ball down and fight for it because it's so woefully underthrown, that's not the offensive line's fault. So there you have it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. This one's uh, from uh, John who says, Hey, Bill, I'd like to put some perspective on the Packers' current situation, which I believe to be a complete failure of the management team. During Rodgers' Hall of Fame career, they only produced one Super Bowl appearance and one win. While Rodgers was still in his prime, they drafted Jordan Love in round one, certainly knowing that would piss Rodgers off, all while missing out on a chance to bring in another impact player. That I agree. Uh, They then cut Rodgers loose after giving him a huge contract, leaving them in the minus $60 dead cap for the year. Now only the draft is the means to improve your team. After watching defensive failures, which loads of uh, the first-round talent have been, they refuse to change coordinators. Results speak louder than words. Justin or Jordan Love does not look good, let alone great. NFL quarterback, the defense is not performing to its talent level either, and there's no cap space to bring in needed talent. Quit blaming the players and injuries and whatnot. P.S. I was always curious to see how Matt LaFleur would respond to adversity, and he doesn't look good right now either. That's John. Uh, appreciate the email. Again, there's enough blame to go around. I completely agree with you. First of all, I've always said the timing of the pick of Jordan Love is terrible. There was other players that have, that have been more impactful in the league that was that were still there, and they didn't go after him. T. Higgins was there. Patrick Queen was there. There's other players that would have looked really good in green and gold. Not getting wide receiver help consistently, I 100% I'm right there with you. And when it comes to the defense, in every piece of asset that they've spent to build the defense, and you're still sitting here with the 30th-ranked run defense, the 15th-ranked defense in the league, it's not – and again, you go back over the last few games, that's not the defense's fault. They've been put into some tough situations. The defense has actually been relatively admirable. But, as we all know, and I said it at the beginning of the season, if this defense isn't top 10, it's not going to be a successful season. This defense needs to really, really, really help the offense and give them more bites at the apple. They just haven't done it consistently enough. But I agree with that. Um, 
But when I say when you say quit blaming the players, no, I blame the players. Coaches aren't playing. Front office isn't playing. Management isn't playing. They're not on the field. When the execution's poor and you know what you need to do, but you don't do it, well, I blame the guy that's executing a play that was called that was actually set up to be pretty good. It just wasn't executed very well. That's the players. That's not management. That's not coaching. That's the players. You know where you're supposed to be, and if for whatever reason you don't get there and you know the play's going to fail if you don't get there, that's on you, man. So there's enough blame to go around. Everybody's looking for an answer to say, I told you so. And the only told you so I know of is that I knew that the offense was going to be a little bit rough and it was going to be a learning process. I didn't realize it was going to be this rough and without Bakhtiari and with ba- – that's why I'm hoping that what we see in Denver – and this is, to me, okay, when you get to Denver, I want to see this team play a full four quarters. They should be healthy. You should have Aaron Jones back. You should have Elton Jenkins feeling good and Runyon feeling good and all this different stuff going on. All these things should be better, Right. I want to see a full four quarters. I want to see better execution, guys that have learned, guys that have self-scouted. I want to see them put points on the board. And to me, I want to see this team score 27 or more. That's what I want to see. Because this, this, this Denver team, their defense is good. They're not great. You have that capability. But if you lose this game and you look bad again coming out of the first half, I then begin to really question Matt LaFleur because everybody knows the execution has not been good. These are the things that you go back and you go over and you talk about getting back to the basics and fundamentals and blah, blah, blah. This is what you got to do. That's when you go after Matt LaFleur and you say, this is unacceptable. You know, so is it, you know, the chicken or the egg? Is it the quarterback and the change over there? And did Aaron Rodgers cover up everybody's lame ass or does the coach say, no, we went back over the fundamentals and the guys that are now on the field don't get it, they're not that good, and the talent level that's been chosen just isn't there? Because, yeah, then you can start to question things. But I'm not going to lay all this at the feet of the, the defense because you just can't. They've done enough to win ball games, at least to be, as, as Andy Herman put it, at least to be a 3-2 and two team at this point. They've done enough. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. 877 867 1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Stoli's Hog Alley. Do not forget, today's a Fish Fry Friday. And they have considered one of the best fish fries, fish fries in Lake Country. That's Stoli's Hog Alley where they have that uh, salt rye bread, that salted rye bread. That stuff is fantastic. I'd go there just for the bread. But they have a really good fish fry to go along with it. That's Stoli's Hog Alley in Lake Country out there in Summit on Venice Beach Road or Stoli's Hall 109. Uh, their other location, which is on County Road R, that is up in Watertown. Both places, just absolutely fantastic. Check them out, and not to mention, great people, great atmosphere, and they, they get it done right, man. Fish fries, good stuff. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it. Good to have you on board. Bill Michael Show. We uh rocking on. 
Got to say thanks to our friends over there at Master's Ease. Today's the day where you're not even thinking about outside. I'll tell you that right now. You're thinking about inside. You're thinking about shuffleboards, uh, where you know, whether it's yourself, the family, friends, beverage drinkers that happen to come to your abode, all uh, sit down and play some shuffleboard, whether it's the regulation size or even a smaller one, or maybe a pool table, table games, uh, the darts and dart boards, whether they be electronic or the good old-fashioned pub boards, plus all of the accessories, bars, bar stools, all that kind of good stuff. It's right there at Master's Ease on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Call them for in-store specials, 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931 for all the in-store specials. See it today, get it tomorrow, Master's Ease on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Joining us now, on the hotline, uh, J.R. Radcliffe from the Journal Sentinel uh, is joining us here. J.R., how you been, pal? I've been good, Bill Michaels. How have you been, been doing? We haven't chatted in a long time. I know. It's been a while, man. Uh, you've got a lot of stuff going on. So we've got Brewers to talk about, Bucks to talk about. Everybody's uh, – we've been talking Packers all day. But l- first of all, let me start off with give me your thoughts on the Brewers and what this offseason you think is going to hold. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because, I, I mean, number one question is what happens with Corbin Burns. I, I think the general – probably the, the common thought here is that they would move on from him, that they would trade him because it doesn't look like an extension is in the offing. So if they do, in fact, trade him, what would they get in return? Because that's going to dictate what happens next, right? Like they clearly need help with their offense, but they also need to, you know, keep some things held together in the pitching staff too. So – does that get addressed in whatever you get back for him? Do they decide to keep him? Maybe maybe they do. Certainly Matt Arnold talking at the postseason press conference didn't betray the idea that they were ready to move on or anything like that with, with just one year left in his contract. So maybe he does come back. And Woodruff, with his health, what happens there? If he's not healthy, they're obviously not going to trade him. So th- those two guys are, are problem A and problem B. And once you know what happens there – then you got to figure out how to fix the offense because that was the that was the stumbling block this season, really in the regular season and the postseason. So do there's not a lot in free agency. So now it's about finding finding a trade partner like they did this past season when they got William Contreras. Which kids are they going to bring up right away? Can they get the kids that were on the team this year to take a step forward offensively? You know how do you how do you fix that situation? So. Uh, it, it is a big job for Matt Arnold because it, it's because <laughs> you've got the two fronts, right? The offense needs to get better and the pitching. You got to find a way to keep it, keep it elite. Uh, that is going to be a very tall order if they can't keep these guys around long term. So, uh, so there are definitely some issues on the table. The uh, the positions that need to be upgraded. Do you say first base, third base? What do you do with Adamas over at shortstop? Do you keep the power numbers and hope that the average goes up? Uh, do you think the outfield is completely settled? And obviously then the bullpen. I mean, there's 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 quite a few kind of things that are on Matt Arnold's plate right now. Agreed. I think first base, third base, those are the two biggest questions I have. And they've got like Tyler Black, for example, who is one of the best players in their minor league system this year. He could actually play either spot. So it's a question of where he fits in terms of defense, but, 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 you know, like where are they most comfortable with him? Where is he most comfortable? And then you obviously in a, in a perfect world address the other spot. Cause right now, you know, unless they bring back Carlos Santana, which I don't think they will, or Josh Donaldson, which I don't think they will. Both of those spots are pretty just wide open vacant. You know, they got tons of outfielders. There's going to be a lot of figuring out who fits those spots, but you got to think that the, the, the outfield is on this roster in this organization already. Same thing about the bullpen. I mean, they, they've, they've 
historically found ways to make the bullpen work uh, inside the organization, outside. I'm not worried about that in the least, but it is first base, third base. And then also the pitching staff, the starting pitching staff, like I said, if, if these guys, if the guys they have now come back and if not, and they get, they get traded, what they bring back in return is also going to, uh, to be part of the picture. But first base and third base were really rough for them this year. They just did not get production out of those power spots. I think Adamas, is, is really quite good for shortstop, even though his offense was a little up and down. Defensively, he's, he's still very good. He's awesome. And then offensively, sometimes he's, he's, uh, he's hot for you, and sometimes, sometimes you have to live with the valleys a little bit. But I still think, you know, with him only having one year left, that's a little bit of a question mark. But I still think he's your guy at short. And then you figure out what's going on at the corners. Is your outfield Christian Yelich and the young guys? Probably. It dep- I mean, like, I could see. I still think there's a scenario where Christian Yelich – is not an outfielder. He's just more or less a DH or first baseman. I mean, I still think they could explore that route if they wanted. Uh, but, but, you know, as left fielders go, you can do so many, so much worse than Christian Yelich. I mean, I, I, I actually do think he's going to be a finalist for, for the gold glove, which might surprise people. He got better defensively between last year and this year. And he's also left field again. Like that's the all-star outfielders are not playing left field in terms of defense. So he's, he's pretty solid out there. Uh, and then there's the kids, Tyrone Taylor, you cannot count him out. He was so valuable to them at the end of the year. Right. And so I do think he's earned at least I mean, a good long look as your starting right fielder next year. And then it's about, okay, who's your center fielder? Is it Freelick or Joey Weimer? You know, does Jackson Churio get a long look at the very beginning of the season? You have to think about him as well. There, there's, there are other options in that mix as well. But, and then um, Gary Yelich Mitchell. And, and Tyrone Taylor. Yeah, Gary Mitchell, of course. Yeah, I mean, I have any, yes, uh, who was obviously hurt all year, but. I, I feel like one of those three, Mitchell, Weimer, Freelich, I feel like one of them might not be back next year. There, that that might be an opportunity for them to to make a roster move and you know bring someone in with a trade. That that's a logical fit. But you know that I I've been wrong about what they're going to do in the offseason before in terms of players that I think they're going to move. You know, especially guys with that much team control left. So I, I have no idea what happens with all those guys. Yeah, um, with Joey Weimer, uh, I got to think that unless he completely fixes that swing, that he is not going to be back up with a big league team. He was a detriment at the uh, at the plate. Uh, don't get me wrong, tremendous wheels, great ability in the outfield defensively, unbelievably solid, but his offense is awful. It, it, it definitely was toward the end of the year. I mean, he, he wasn't the guy that they kept on the roster late in the season. I still think there's a really good player in there on offense. Uh, we saw the production in the minor leagues and early on, even a little bit in his big league career. Yeah. His swing is unconventional, no doubt. And, and they're trapped, you know, like we just had a situation with Keston Hira where he had this sweet, beautiful swing <laughs> and then things changed. And whether that was the organization or Keston himself, he tried to add more power into his swing and it ultimately, I think kind of derailed him a little bit. He wasn't able yeah. to, to translate that. So you're caught between making those changes and derailing a guy or, you know, making no changes and having the guy sort of sink himself. Like, I don't know what the sweet spot is, but I would agree with you. Joey Weimer definitely doesn't – the swing looks like it needs work if he's going to be a, big, a long-term big leaguer. Uh, I want to flip over to the Bucks. By the way, we're talking with J.R. Radcliffe, and you can read his stuff at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. They also have the podcast, but he does a lot of Brewers stuff, a lot of Bucks stuff. So the Bucks they get uh, they get Damian Lillard. Everybody's excited. Uh, to me, I think I still think the linchpin is twofold. One is you got to keep Chris Middleton healthy, and the second thing is how good can Jay Crowder be? Because they picked him up and they didn't even use him in the postseason. I mean, it's like he found his way into a doghouse for some reason. And to me, if Jay Crowder goes back to being Jay Crowder, 
This team could be even – nobody's talking about him. But if he – because we know Lillard's good. We know Giannis is good. We know what uh, Brooke Lopez is going to bring in, Bobby Portis and all that. But if Jay Crowder brings you something, all of a sudden it changes the dynamic of this team, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I, I think it's even beyond Jay Crowder. It's just who is your fifth guy, right? Because you mentioned the four that everyone kind of knows about. Who's number five? Because we don't have a clear-cut answer who the starter is for, for one thing. And then whether or not Jay Crowder is the starter, you'd like to think that he's a guy who can help you, certainly on the on the defensive side of the floor. Is he, is he going to be primarily that? Are they going to ask him to do a little bit more offensively? I think his sort of falling out of favor that you're talking about, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that has some – you know, bearing on, on ultimately why they decided to move into a new head coach. Like there, there seems yeah. to have been some disconnect between what Mike Budenholzer wanted, what the organization wanted, certainly what Jay Crowder wanted. I, I can't really explain that, but yeah, I think he's going to be a much bigger part of the equation than people realize. But, but I, I, you know, for me, it's like, who's, who's the fifth guy who steps up to really, you know, because, because every team that is contending for a title has two or three superstars. Every team's got that. So they've got to be good around the fringes because when you get into a postseason, those are the guys. And we saw it when they won the championship, when Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton were those guys. Who's going to step up and be that? And Jay Crowder obviously wasn't, wasn't part of the picture last year in the postseason. Right. So, uh, so we don't really know what he can provide there. I think Jay Crowder needs to be P.J. Tucker. He's got to bring defensive nasty. He's got to bring something to the table that, that they didn't have last year. And I, I know it's stupid, but I equated P.J. Tucker to a, a Darvin Ham or a Scotty Williams, the guy that was just the grunt that's going to do a lot of the dirty work, come in, get you pre, premium minutes off the bench, and, and just be that, you know. I go back to a conversation. Rick Majerus used to take me to the deli over off of Brady Street all the time. It's an Italian deli. He used to always say, they, they need a they need a SOB. You always have to have an SOB on your team. And to me, like, Jay Crowder could be that guy. He could be the guy that comes in and does a lot of the dirty work. And if he doesn't, I think it changes the dynamic of this team. I think that's a great comparison. Scott Williams, to me, really rings true as a possible you know, because I, I do think I, I do think there's a little offense in there too for Jay Crowder. It's not just right. about being the enforcer and the guy who like throws his weight around and commits a couple hard fouls and stuff. I, I do think there's more to it than that with him. But um, but yeah, I, uh, I I I agree with you. There's there was an edge that PJ Tucker brought, and you know people forget like PJ Tucker didn't even play that much in the regular season. He was just he was really just a playoff monster for them. Mm-hmm. And some so given that fact, you know this team can can nurture that a little bit. They don't have to be they don't have to figure, figure this out in the next two months because they're going to the playoffs. We know they're going to be in the playoffs in some way, shape, or form. So it could be the type of thing that sort of figures itself out over the course of, you know, the next six months. And, you know, maybe it's it's about sort of lying in wait a little bit, getting Jake Crowder at his best toward the end of the season in that playoff run, and, and he can really, uh, you know, make some make some hay for you. Uh, before I let you go, what you guys got coming up via the uh, the writing and or the podcast? Oh, well, I mean, we, we're we're doing tons of Badgers coverage, of course. They, they're the one thing that's got a, an actual game this week with the Brewers done and Packers right. off and, and the Bucks still getting there. So, uh, so yeah, that's a big game tomorrow. We'll have a live blog. I'll be there at uh, Camp Randall Stadium, live blog for that Iowa game. I think it's going to determine the division championship, the West Division. So uh, that's that's a big one. And, uh, you know, we, we still keep up with our Brewers podcast. We're not quite done for the season. Me and Kurt Hogue uh, put that together about once a week. We should have another midweek episode uh, looking at what we got going on in the rest of baseball and kind of looking back at some of our projections and looking more at the offseason as well. And then I've always got to, some stuff with Jim Ozarski, our Point Forward podcast, and our, our little video segments that we're putting together this year, five-minute video segments on the Bucks as, uh, as things transpire there as well. 
Does uh, do the Badgers win tomorrow? Uh, I mean, it's with the rain. Like, I don't know. Iowa's defense is is so good, or maybe not as good as it's been, but it's it's still pretty good. Um, it's going to be just a slog. It's going to be like seventeen to nine, or like sixteen to five, or something <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. I still can't get a handle on this offense, this Badgers offense. So uh, I say yes. I say yes, but uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be one of those games. Jr. Always good to talk to you. We won't make you a stranger. We'll bring you back real soon. Okay. Sounds good. Let's do it. I'll talk to you again then. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you then. There you go. J.R. Radcliffe. J.R. Radcliffe over there on X or Twitter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Cover the Brewers, the Bucks. Does the MJS podcast. Uh, going to be at the Badger game tomorrow. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Coming up in about, what, uh, you know, 20 minutes, something like that, 20, 25 minutes. Mike Clemens is going to be here to take us the rest of the way, making his usual Friday appearance, this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Kemp's. K-E-M-P-S. Kemp's.com. Kemp's.com. Go to Kemp's.com. Bottom of the page. Click on the term careers. Right there at the bottom of the page. And you could be working at Kemp's. They're based in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. You can always find them in your dairy uh, in, uh, your dairy coolers and freezers at your local grocery stores. You probably have something from Kemp's right now in your freezer. And uh, give them a shout. K-E-M-P-S. Kemp's.com. They're looking for CDL drivers. They have sign-on bonuses. They're looking for production people. They're looking for maintenance technicians for the uh, coolers and such. So uh, give them a shout, K-E-M-P-S, Kemps.com. That is Kemps.com. More of the Bill Michael Show, and that is all coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Good to have you back, Bill Michaels Show. Love to have you with us on a kind of a rainy, dismal Friday. Hopefully, we're brightening your day a little bit. Coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes, uh, Mike Clemens is going to be here. Take us the rest of the way as he does each and every Friday. A reminder coming up this weekend, uh, we got a motorcycle ride. Uh, probably one of the final rides of the season, really, to be honest with you, unless you're one of the hardcore that get out in 30 degrees and continue to ride. But uh, Sloppy Joe's uh, on Hubertus, in Hubertus, um, and our friends over there 
at uh, the uh, Smoke on the Water as well. They got a motorcycle ride. It's going to start at Sloppy Joe's this weekend on Sunday morning. So we're going to get over there early, probably going to get some breakfast because they have really good breakfast, at the very least, a good Bloody Mary. But it, it benefits Fisher House, Wisconsin. So we're going to be there uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, hopefully you can join us as well. The rain is supposed to stop Saturday night. So we're hoping the rain stops and at the very least it dries out. You get some partly sunny skies and you dress warm. We jump on the motorcycles. We get a nice little ride. And it's not a huge ride. It's not like it's 100 miles. Uh, a couple of different stops, and then we all reconvene at Smoke on the Water a little bit later that afternoon. <coughs> Excuse me. And we have a good time, uh, some music, some fun, and uh, we do it for a, just a great cause, and that's going to be for Fisher House, Wisconsin, coming up on uh, coming up this Sunday. So this Sunday, this Sunday, please uh, get you know give it a thought. Come on, uh, come on by and join us. Uh, by the way, some breaking news out of the NFL: the Giants have now ruled Daniel Jones out against the Bills this weekend. Daniel Jones will not play for the Giants. He has the neck injury, and they said that uh, he is not going to participate this weekend. So the Giants and the Bills, uh, in that contest, uh, you're not going to have Daniel Jones playing in that one. Got another hour yet to go. Mike Clemens only about 15 minutes away. Stay tuned. Got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this.